Hey, this is Lauren BR, and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Authentic. I'm smiling so big because I'm so excited about today's guest. I don't even know how to do an introduction that does someone like Emily Fletcher justice, someone who is so obedient to the Lord, bold, faithful, and makes everyone feel so deeply loved, known, and welcomed. She's not afraid to take risks and do bold things for the kingdom. She's discipled me for the past year now and has walked through life with me, made me laugh, and been an incredible friend and role model. She's a Texas A&M and Tridel alum, Gigum, the Women's Ministry Coordinator for the Refuge College Ministry at LSU, and is a major world changer for the kingdom. Please welcome Emily. Okay, first off, that was like the sweetest thing ever. Thank you. But hello, I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited for everyone to hear what you have to say. So the first thing is just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your relationship with the Lord, all of that good stuff. Yes. Um, Okay, so like Lauren said, I am originally from the Woodlands, Texas. So I'm from Houston area um, and went to Texas A&M, graduated in 2021, um, also was in Tridel, and met a lot of my really awesome friends from there. And... I've been married for almost a year now, so I guess now 25 days will be a year anniversary. Um, but Matthew was my high school sweetheart, so we started dating our senior year and then did long distance all throughout college. Um, I come from a really big family, and so I have seven younger siblings that I'm really close to um, and kind of grew up with that culture um, or with Christian culture being so prominent, like in the South and in Texas, and then also within my family. And so kind of always known who Jesus was and was super involved in ministry growing up, super involved in the church, um, interned and did different jobs for different ministries. Um, And then when I got to college, I think that's really when I realized that okay, following Jesus isn't just doing good things and going to church. Um, And I thought I knew everything there was to know about Christianity, but um, the Lord just really opened my eyes to how much I didn't know, which was a good thing, um, because I got to learn more about who Jesus was, what he did, what that actually means for us, and what the gospel actually was. Um, And so that kind of set me off to really make my faith my own um, and get to know Jesus more. And so that's kind of where we're at. And then now I, so I used to be women's ministry coordinator, but now I am the associate director of women's ministry at the refuge. Oh, oops, so sorry. I should have put moving, that in your intro. Oops. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. I not. it hasn't been like announced yet. It's not that different. It basically just means that now I have Maggie underneath me, our grief ministry coordinator. So that's all it really means. It's not that big of a deal, but that's kind of exciting. So, no, very exciting. That's awesome. Um, so, kind of going along with that, give us some insight into how you got involved in ministry and followed the Lord's call to Baton Rouge and the Refuge. Yeah. So, I majored in education, but my summer before my junior year of college, I worked in a high school ministry and just really felt the Lord pushing me into full time vocational ministry. And so, knew I couldn't, it was too late to change my major. So I stuck with education. That's like a good thing to have in your back pocket. Um, but knew that as soon as I graduated, I was going to pursue a job in ministry. And so, um, our plan was always to go back to Houston once Matthew and I got engaged and 
Um, we're planning for marriage. We were just going to move back to Houston with our family. Um, but he went to LSU. And so I would always come visit him in Baton Rouge and just really loved the people there and the students um, and went to refuge with him a few times, but didn't really know much about it. Um, and then when it came down to really deciding what we were going to do next, the Lord just made it abundantly clear that like we did not need to be in Houston and that we would be pretty complacent if we stayed in Houston and didn't um, walk in obedience. And so the Lord just made it really evident that Baton Rouge was the place for us to go and opened um, doors for me to work at the refuge. And so that was something that was super exciting because Matthew loved the refuge growing up or in college. Um, and so kind of just as we figured out what role I would play, um, they decided that women's ministry would be kind of the best fit for me because I love college women. I love helping them navigate that. And so um, a lot of it just fell into place and it was difficult. And there were so many moments where I did not want to move and I did not want to leave the comfort of what I had known my whole life. Um, or like Matthew wasn't getting the job that he was wanting. Um, or just being really scared to walk into a new church that I didn't know anything about. Um, but the Lord just kept giving us peace and helping us like see what his purpose could be um, and the ways that he could use us. And so we, I support raised my entire salary and then started my job a year ago yesterday. Wait, that's crazy. I didn't know it was a year yeah. ago yesterday. Time flies. Yeah. That's so insane. I know. I know it's so weird. Like my, cause right before this too, you probably won't put this in your podcast, but right before this, I was on my bachelorette trip and then like moved into my house, the barn and then started. And so it's like my time hop right now is like so many fun memories over the last year. And it probably will be like until like through the wedding and honeymoon, but um, it's been fun to like look back. So wait, no, I might put that in there. That's fun. Those are all fun <laughs> things. But, like, so yeah. awesome that you were, like, obedient and, like, came to LSU because you can ask, like, any girl. Like, I love hyping you up. That's, like, my favorite thing to do. <laughs> but you can literally ask any girl, and they're, like, literally, Emily has, like, made Refuge so awesome and, like, has made so many awesome changes. And it's just, like, makes me feel so loved. So, like, imagine if you, like, were complacent and stayed and then, like, I never even met you. Like, that would have been tragic. That would have been so sad. Yeah. No, I – Oh gosh. First off, you tell me that all the time and I literally every time can just cannot fathom it. Um, and just like, so the Lord, um, because I'm not perfect and I suck. And so it's like the fact that y'all love me and the fact that we've been able to do what we have done with women's ministry is like insane and just the Lord's faithfulness entirely. Um, I'm just keep showing up. So, and y'all keep encouraging me, but it just makes me want to keep going. So, <laughs> oh, well, Jesus is cool. And so are you. So, yeah. but what is your favorite part about ministry? The hardest part? And then what advice can you give to people regarding ministry? Sorry, that's kind of like three in one, but no, yeah. that's okay. Um, definitely my favorite part about ministry is getting to know girls like you um, and getting to see what the Lord does in and through y'all. And so my job is literally to meet with college girls. And so all day long, I get to hear um, the really hard parts of girls' lives and the really good parts. And so getting to see God's faithfulness just in my relationships with y'all, but then also in your relationships with other people and in the way that y'all have grown just over the last year getting to know y'all. And so 
that has definitely been my favorite part about ministry is just like the constant display of the Lord's faithfulness. The hardest part, um, specifically for me, and that may be just because I moved from Texas and got married and graduated college and was an adult and bought a house and did a whole job like all within last year. Um, it's just like how overwhelming it can be. The time commitment is weird and you kind of run on a college schedule, which I am not used to, um, which is shocking because I just graduated, but, um, and then just trying to balance all, balance all of those things. And so it's also just pretty emotionally demanding. And so I am 23 years old, but I hear really hard things, um, hear from people that I really care about, um, and just, being heartbroken over the brokenness and the sinfulness of this world and the ways that like y'all have been hurt and let down and suffered. And so, um, I think that has been really difficult for me to know and carry, but then also like setting good boundaries so that I can keep myself in a healthy place and can pour into my marriage and my relationships outside of, um, the refuge that makes sense. So, and then you said, what advice can I give to people? Um, one thing that I've really had to learn is like to remember that you're doing ministry to please the Lord. You're not doing it to please other people. And so, um, it's really easy to look at your measure of success about what like your boss is saying about you or what other people in ministry with you are saying or about like what the people who are you're doing ministry for are saying. Um, and it's really easy to get caught up in that, whether that's really boosting your ego or discouraging. And so, um, just remembering that at the end of the day, like you're going to stand before Jesus and that's all that matters. And, um, it's him who's going to say like, well done, my good and faithful servant. And, um, any ounce of affirmation or discouragement that we can get here on earth is going to be completely masked by, um, just the way that the Lord will love us or the Lord loves us and will, um, see what we have done and recognize that in heaven. And so that would be my biggest thing, but then also just to walk in obedience and look like Jesus, um, stay rooted in your own relationship with him. Don't let your relationship with him be dependent on your work. Um, because it's really easy to do that, but your relationship with the Lord, if you don't have that firm, it's going to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, that's really good. Especially for someone like me who is like, doing, you know, college ministry, leadership with the refuge, it's so easy to just compare yourself to other people and like make it seem like it's like a race that you're like competing against when it's like totally not at all. And like you say that to yourself, but you, I guess you just have to remind yourself when you're like actually doing things, if that makes sense. Like I, yeah. you know, I don't know, just a good reminder for like anything that you're doing in life that it's for the Lord and not for people, you know? No, Absolutely. So next question is, what is the biggest thing you've learned about God's character through the past year? Because like you said, you've had so many changes. You got married, you moved states, you started a new job, like so many crazy things. So what have you learned about God's character through all of that? Yeah, so I kind of touched on these things beforehand, but I literally just like that he is faithful. Um, and sometimes his faithfulness looks different than what we maybe wanted to look like. But then also that he is a sustainer. And so, like I said, this job in this past year has been unbelievably overwhelming and challenging, but that, but seeing the Lord sustain me and get to me, get me to a place where I can continue to do this and, um, 
there are so many days where I like wake up and I'm like, how am I supposed to keep going? Um, and feeling really inadequate, feeling burnt out at times, um, feeling discouraged and the Lord just like continues to sustain me. Um, and that's kind of been my prayer, like every single day, like, Lord, you have to sustain me and like the Holy spirit, like sustain me and keep me going and keep me walking in truth. Um, and renewing kind of that strength and that energy, um, and fire for the gospel. So, yeah, that's good. I hope everyone listening, like literally just plays that again. Cause that's so good. Cause like he does sustain you and like he will. And that's sometimes yeah. hard to remember when you're like in the middle of tests or rush or other challenging things going on, but he's faithful. So a good reminder that I feel like I don't, I don't talk to myself enough or remind myself about enough. So awesome. But okay. So this past year you've planned some huge events from boys midnight to women's conference, which were some of my favorite nights in all of college. I'm not just saying that for the podcast (laughs) that is genuine. Um, so what led you to put on these events and kind of what was the process like to, um, kind of host both of them? Okay. So boys midnight was something that we put on to really show people that it's possible to have fun without alcohol. Um, and without boys in the picture. And so what that looked like is it was like boys and girls were there, but you know what I'm saying? Like the pressure to whatever hookup culture, whatever it is. Um, so it was, we hosted it at a bar. We had food, we had a mechanical bull, we had a DJ, um, and ended up having like, I want to say 200 people around that give or take um come that night and so it was just a really awesome time to see people like see that Christians can have fun too um and that Christians love to dance to really loud music and to spend time together and to be goofy and so um for boys midnight specifically we just had a lot of girls reach out and ask for another option that night um and just wanting a way to meet people as freshmen and meet people that are also wanting to pursue the Lord with you and not like feel that temptation to maybe drink in excess or drink underage. And so, um, boys midnight was very quick. It was a very last minute decision. And so just throwing together all of these details, I spent a lot of time, um, calling and DMing bars on Instagram late at night, trying to book them. Um, and throwing it all together, but it, ended up being great um and then women's conference when I first got here and started doing this job there was just so much so many girls that came in where they didn't feel like they had a space to unpack difficult things or talk about things that are awkward or uncomfortable um and so they all just immediately wanted to start pouring out all of these things and that's kind of been my heart in ministry too is like I always want to be transparent. I always want to be vulnerable. And like, it does me, it does other people no good if I just act like I have it all together. Um, And so I feel like that was one thing I really tried to do is create a space, at least like in conversation with me and in conversation with each other, um, to be honest and to talk about really difficult things. And so women's conference was a way for us to show girls like how much they are loved um, by the church and by the Lord, and then also create that space where we could talk about hard things. And so we did little mini TED talks on like 
body image and eating disorders, um, mental health, um, sexual assault, uh, lust and masturbation, um, partying, well, reading the Bible. There were a few other ones, but um, really had conversations and looked at what scripture says about these things rather than what the world is telling you about these things. And so um, it was just a really sweet time of worship and fellowship and getting to know girls and um, the Lord just kept showing up like all throughout the planning process. We didn't know how big this was going to be. We didn't know how successful it would be. Um, And God just kept making a way for things, kept getting people excited over it. Um, And the numbers just kept going and hearing different stories about how the Lord moved and how he revealed um, things in girls' lives, how he reminded them of himself, um, how they made friends out of it. And just seeing the fruit of all of that labor has been really sweet and hearing about it slowly. So, yeah. So women's conference was amazing. And what was cool is that it like opened up a lot of conversation. Like my friends I was with at women's conference, we like went back afterwards and like had talked about things that we never would have talked about together. Like we ended up staying up like basically the whole night Friday and and just like talking about things. But it was cool because we were able to be vulnerable and be like, wait, I didn't even know you were dealing with this. So was I. And like, it was just really cool. So have to compliment you and God for that one because (laughs) it was really cool. And also quick plug, if you're going to LSU and listening to this, um, Boys Midnight with Refuge is August 23rd. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. At Uncle Earl's. You should totally show up because me and Emily are not holding back. I texted her. I don't remember what exactly I texted you, but I was like, I'm ready for like, I'm going to show up all my dance moves. Cause I think I was a little timid last year, but not, not this year. I'm ready to. Oh yeah. No, I didn't know any of y'all. And so I, now that I know all of y'all, I'm like, okay, we can, we can really dance now. Cause I think the whole time I just awkwardly walked around and took pictures. (laughs) I didn't even notice if that makes you feel better, but I also don't like rem- like have a visual of you dancing in my head so I'm excited to have that now because we can dance yes. together yes um so kind of changing topics a little bit but um we're not going to stay on this one for too long but just kind of give us some insight into like your journey with body image and like how that has been yeah so I mean I think it's natural for like no girl is not insecure like let's just be honest every girl has some part of her body or some part of her appearance that she doesn't like and so um I didn't really struggle with like a super unhealthy view of my body or of food. Um, but also in that, like I'm a girl and I have so many insecurities. And so um, I remember I did not, I was not an athlete growing up. I didn't play any sports or do anything, but there was a time where I like really got into working out and um, had a really bad case of COVID that put me on bed rest. And so couldn't do anything at all and so then once I got off of that tried to get my body back to where it was and so just really having to like look at scripture and like scripture says like our body was bought at a high price and so we are to use it to do things that please the Lord um and also like our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit and if you are not fueling your body if you are not taking care of it physically um it limits what you can do in ministry like if you don't have enough energy to get through the day, you're not going to be able to love people to the fullest extent and to um, say yes to things that 
maybe you do need to say yes to or um, just equipping you to keep going. Um, and then, yeah, like being on bed rest, I did not take care of myself at all. Um, and yes, I was limited, but like because of that, I didn't, I wasn't able to impact anyone. Like if anything, I just had to have people serve me all day long because I couldn't do anything. Um, so definitely just like looking at myself through the eyes of that, of like, okay, my body is a temple. Um, and then also knowing that God doesn't make mistakes. And so if I have blonde eyebrows for a brunette and that's like massive insecurity for me, like I need to remember that God did not make a mistake on that or like just different parts of my body that I don't love. Um, like God didn't make a mistake on that and he didn't mean to make me a different way. And all of a sudden I just don't look the way I'm supposed to. Like the Lord created me. Um, perfectly and in his image and did the same thing for y'all and so um just really kind of focusing on that of like I am not made by a mistake yeah that's good and because the reason I talked about this in your podcast specifically is just because I know like whenever I've dealt like struggled personally with um body image and things like that you just spoke a lot of truth over me in d group and things like that so I just wanted to ask you what's Or how have you learned to not make working out or eating certain foods an idol in your life? Or if someone is, like, how can they learn to not make that an idol? Um, Yeah, I think just, like, a way to not idolize it is, again, just remembering, like, what your – the simplicity of that your body is, like, a temple. And so understanding that it has good purposes, um, but that your focus – should be way more on what you're doing for the Lord, the way that God is moving, um, being aware of the needs of other people. Um, And so I think just in any situation where you are idolizing things, like remember that things fail you and like food's going to fail you. Like let's look at allergies, for example, or like all of the stomach problems that everyone, every girl has ever. And so like, food's going to fail you. The gym's going to fail you. You're not going to ever look the way you want to. Um, and so like remembering what won't fail you and like the Lord is not going to fail you. Um, and like the Lord is what our affection and attention and time and energy should be focused on. And so I think just in any situation where idolizing is a thing, like remembering how much the world will fail you um, and letting that drive your direction and your affection to God and like what he has spoken of you. That was really good. That was great. That's something I needed to hear because I, being authentic and I vulnerable, it's just something I've struggled with a lot the past semester is just idolizing as like I've told you, just working out and um, eating certain foods and it's like, even if you like lose the weight or get toned, like you're still not going to feel fulfilled, you know, only the Lord can do that. So that's also something important to remember. Yeah. Dude, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like, I just need to say, like, I'm just so proud of you for being so vulnerable and like being willing to talk about these things and like admit that that's something that you have struggled with. Like, ugh, I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. I just pretend that it's just like, me and you and God and just like I'm like no one else is listening (laughs) that's what I have to say but also because it is cool because the last one I like talked a lot about um like being lonely and like so many people have texted me and I was like okay God I get it I gotta keep being vulnerable (laughs) because people like need to know that they're not alone so absolutely absolutely 
So kind of talk to us about why you love makeup and getting ready. Because one time during D group, you kind of explained like why it's sometimes frustrating to have the church telling women, you know, it's not okay to like doing your makeup and your hair. And it was just really cool the way that you explained that. So I would love for listeners to hear. And then also when you finish, you tell, tell us some of your favorite products just because I think that's fun. Um, yes. Okay. So I think there's a common misconception in the church that if you wear makeup, like you are insecure, you're vain, you care about what people think about you, or you're trying to like cover up what God made. And for some people that may be true, but specifically for me, like makeup is a hobby and it's something that's creative for me. And so I've really been into it since high school. Um, and I watched all the YouTube videos trying to find different techniques and different products and like only some products will work well with other ones. And so kind of like testing out the science of it is like, what's going to look well and like, or look good and like not look cakey and like, what's going to look natural. Um, and so I like by no means think I need makeup to go out. Like literally I won't wear it all the time, but it's fun for me. And it helps like me to kind of get routine and start my day off well. Um, and like, it's probably an outlet for of or outlet for anxiety because I can do it and kind of distract myself and um, think through what's making me anxious and kind of get my mind in the right place. And so, for makeup, it literally is just fun for me. I enjoy doing it. I love trying new stuff. I love doing people's makeup. Um, and I also think you can have cool conversations when you're doing people's makeup. Like even when I get mine done for my wedding or for prom and stuff, like. And then doing it for other girls too. Getting to have those conversations has been really fun. Um, and then my favorite products. Okay, I'm really excited that you asked me my, what my favorite products are because nobody ever asks me and I like want to tell people, but I don't think they care. So um, the Clinique Chubby Stick. So they make them where you can use them as blush, but I get the ones that are like for your lips. And... I have like the colors that are typically like mauve type stuff. So I think the one I have right now is called like graped up or something like that, like with like the fruit. Um, but it's just really hydrating. It looks natural. It's not waxy. It's not like, it does not feel weird at all. Um, and then the Maybelline fit me loose powder is just really good. Consistent. Doesn't look kicky. Isn't expensive. Physicians Formula has a bronzer that I really love. Um, it's the one that's really popular, and I cannot think of what it is. But I know what oh, you're talking the, about, though. Yeah, it's like the butter bronzer, I think. Yeah. Um, Tarte's Glow Wand is worth the investment. Um, it you just like put it underneath your eyes, and it like creates like a natural glow type thing. And then the Makeup Revolution Hydrating Concealer. I've tried the Tarte Shape Tape, which is everyone's favorite. I do not think it works well. I think it sucks, quite honestly. And that's a hot take maybe in the makeup world. But this one has so much better coverage. It goes on so much better. It blends easier. And like I have the extra creamy version of the Tarte Shape Tape and I still don't like it. So this is probably so funny for people who do not know anything about makeup. But those are my favorite products right now. No, it's fun to hear. Wait, I also need to know because I need a new mascara. What mascara do you use? I just thought of that. Yes. That is another thing. I should have put that on here. Maybelline Lash Sensational is like so bomb. So it's like kind of like a metallic pink tube with black writing. But I've tried so many mascaras, all of the expensive ones. And I use the like 
L'Oreal Primer, um, and then the Maybelline Lash Sensational. Okay, I'm going to buy that whenever <laughs> the next time I'm at the store. Because I was like, I need a new mascara. And I was like, wait, I'll literally, because I, me and my sister were like scouring TikTok and the internet. And we're like, what should we do? And I was like, no, wait, I'll just ask Emily <laughs> whenever yeah. I talk to her. So good to know. I think the primer is the key. Like it just makes it stick better. Okay, good to know. Because I don't really know much about makeup, but <laughs> I'm learning. Um, so you kind of spoke a little bit about anxiety um, just now in your answer, but tell us a little bit about your specific journey with mental health um, and all of that. Yes. Um, so depression specifically runs in my family. And so I do have anxiety, but I would say depression is way more like my focus thing. And so um, it runs in my family. Both my parents have it. Two of my other siblings have it. And I was diagnosed my freshman year of high school. So something that's kind of been that I've struggled with now for over 10 years, um, it's just kind of been a process of figuring out what medication works well for me, um, what is helpful, what my triggers are, like what my symptoms are, all that kind of good stuff. And so there has definitely been moments where I've hit like very, very low moments in my life and where I like just had thoughts I never thought I would have and that I don't like saying that I ever had um and just really question like what the Lord had me here for and so um definitely had those moments where none of none of it made sense um but I would say like now for the most part what it looks like is it's just kind of this constant thing like I have a glass half empty outlook on life and I like have this constant cloud over my head I don't have as much excitement over little things or desire to go and do things with friends as most people have um and kind of am limited in that way so I would say like what it looks like now again is just like kind of numbness everything is just like toned down I guess like in regards to good emotions um and there are definitely still moments of joy and happiness um and times where I have interest in doing things but it's pretty like glass half empty most times um and then anxiety is a lot more just overthinking and it just like man like it is in my body more so so like I'll break out in hives. I get lots of headaches. I have like an issue with my jaw. Um, I like have really bad back pain and there's just like a lot of little things that anxiety like does to my body, but it's not like panic anxiety attacks. So. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable because I know that can be scary to do. So thank you. Um, but how has Jesus healed and continues to heal and redeem you in this area? Yeah, so I think that there's kind of this stigma that everyone just, like, wants to completely be healed. And, oh, if you're not healed of faith or trust in Jesus, or you haven't prayed hard enough. Um, and I do believe that the Lord can completely heal people from any issue with mental health. Um, but then I also do think that sometimes he chooses to not heal us because, um, at least for me, I don't know if I'll ever be healed from this and it keeps me dependent on the Lord like every single day I'm having to ask God like 
to sustain me in my job, but then also just to go throughout my normal day. Like, God, give me joy for my friends. Give me patience with people. Um, and kind of just leaning on the Lord just to get throughout a basic day. Um, and so I, in my mind, like that is a form of healing that he's giving me the perspective to depend on him. Um, and then also just knowing like that my life does have purpose. And I think that um, there were so many moments where I doubted that, but the Lord has just really affirmed that in me that my life does have purpose and that I have the hope of one day being in heaven with Jesus and having no more sorrow. And so um, I think for me, that's what healing has looked like is just the resiliency and the hope that God has given me, even though I am living with depression. That's good. Cause I feel like it's good to talk about and for people to hear that, like you can be completely healed, but a lot of times, like that's not what the Lord chooses to do. I mean, for me with anxiety, like, the same thing. And so I think sometimes people are discouraged, like, why do I still feel like this? Like I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible and um, why am I still like having these difficulties? But I also think it's cool because one time someone told me, I can't remember exactly what they said because it was a while ago, but essentially like I wouldn't be the Christian that I am or the person that I am. And I wouldn't really have the relationship with God that I do if I didn't have different issues with mental health, which is like kind of hard to hear, but it's also really cool of like, this has brought me so much good even though that's not something you obviously want to say about something so bad, but I don't know. I just thank you for saying that. Yeah, no. And exactly what you said. Like, I I feel like I say that all the time. Like I would not know Jesus like as well. And in the ways that I do, if it had not been not just with my depression, but anything difficult that I've walked through um, in life. And so absolutely. Like I know Jesus in ways that maybe people who don't struggle with this do, and they know Jesus in ways that I don't. And so um, just thankful that God does reveal his character in difficult things too, not just the highs. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Mm-hmm. So do you have any verses or practical tips or just advice in general um, for things when it comes to overcoming depression and anxiety and just the topic of mental health in general? Yeah, so my first encouragement would be to figure out what your symptoms or your triggers are. And so this helps me because I can know, okay, I'm starting to feel really low or really agitated or really um, negative. This is not a problem. Like with Emily, this is my mental illness. And like, this is my, this is depression and kind of helps me feel less crazy and less damaged of a human being when I can attribute something that I'm doing or thinking or feeling to an illness um, that I can't control. Um, So I would definitely say to figure out what your symptoms and triggers are. Um, And then also figure out what are little things that help you or boundaries that you can set um, or things to say no to, things to say yes to. Um, And then one thing too that's been really helpful is seeking the Lord in a very honest way. And so God is a good and a big God. And so he can handle when we're upset, he can handle our doubts, our questions, our fears, our anxieties. And so being completely honest in prayer and talking to Jesus like a friend, um, and he, he is our friend. And so there are so many moments where I just go on a drive and I blare worship music and uh, I, talk to Jesus about how upset I am about whatever it is. And, um, that really does help me. Um, and then as for scripture, these are kind of two that I 
always think of, but Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 just talks about um, God being the father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we have all, ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And then also just in Hebrews 4, it talks about how Jesus is our high priest and he um, is able to empathize with our weaknesses and he has walked the earth. He's suffered and been tempted in the same ways that we have. Um, and then also it talks about being able to approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And that's a promise that we can cling to. Um, and then also the entire book of Psalms is like my jam. Like you can read Psalms and I promise you, you're going to find something to relate to. <laughs> and it's fun that you mentioned Hebrews because we did that recently or in D group the last semester. And I'm just, I'm reading more of it right now. Hebrews is just so good. Underrated yeah. book of the Bible. Maybe that's kind of a hot take. Maybe oh, people read it, but I feel like people forget about how good Hebrews is. So everyone should go read Hebrews if they're listening to this because I mean, any book in the Bible is great, obviously, but Hebrews <laughs> is amazing. Yes. So, yes. But so you are one of the best examples of someone in my life who keeps seeking and running after Jesus, even in difficult seasons. So how do you continue to trust and be obedient to him, even when times are tough? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing is just being disciplined and spending time with him. And so there's so many moments where I want to keep sleeping and a lot of times where I do choose sleep over getting up and reading my Bible. Um, but I heard somebody say one time, like your disciplines will turn into a delight. And so if you are disciplined in spending time with Jesus in prayer and worship and reading his word, um, eventually those things will grow into something that you do delight in and that you desire to do. Um, and that's worth waking up in the morning to do. And so I try really hard to be as consistent as possible in reading the word every day um, and being in prayer on my way to work. Um, and then I love worship music. So I pretty much only listen to worship music and country music, which is it's kind of silly, but um, love worship music. And I feel like that just kind of like reminds me of the character of Jesus and what he has done for me um, and what he's done for all of us. Um, and then also just reflecting on his past faithfulness. And so when things are really difficult or when things seem mundane and not exciting, um, just going back to the ways that God has been faithful in my life, um, and recalling those things and clinging to them. And then also just taking God at his word. Um, his scripture talks about his character and the way that he redeems things, um, and the way that he turns morning into dancing or how he does not change, even though we are constantly changing um, and just the grace and the mercy that we've been given. And so just really like, okay, if God says that he's going to turn all things for the good of those who love him, like I need to trust that God is going to turn my situation for good um, and use it for his glory um, and my growth. Um, and just taking the word of God and understanding it for what it is and clinging to it and knowing that those words are true um, and without fault. So I would say those are kind of the biggest things that 
keep me being obedient, accountability for sure. Um, so yeah. That was really good. I think listeners will really enjoy hearing that. So this question is kind of similar, but just specifically, how have you found comfort in Christ in those tough seasons of life? I think, again, just being honest, um, there's some, I mean, in the same way that you can, you talk to a friend and you get all of your crap out and you can be honest and say all of the things that are sucky, you feel a whole lot better. And so doing that with Jesus, um, and then again, just like asking in prayer for him to remind you that he is the God of all comfort, um, and, asking Jesus to draw near to us because he does and he will. And there's just something comforting and sweet about the presence of the Holy Spirit and just that assurance that the word gives us. Um, that's, it, that's it. That was so good. I get so much wisdom and truth every time I talk to you. Um, and I hope everyone else does too. So second to last question before we wrap up, um, just because this will be coming out kind of a little bit before rush. So I know you have a passion for girls in Greek life, which is just so evident in all you do. And like, I know you're in a sorority yourself. So I was wondering if you could give us your biggest piece of advice in this area to upcoming fresh freshmen, sorry, but also any current members just kind of regarding rush and just being in Greek life in general at a SEC school. Yes. So, um, like Lauren said earlier, I was a tridel at Texas A&M. I also went to Auburn my freshman year. So I actually rushed at Auburn University and then dropped my sorority there because it didn't have it at A&M and then went through Russia a second time. So um, I love Greek life. I think the Lord can do a lot in it. Um, and it's a lot of where I found my community and girls that have encouraged me. So specifically to the freshmen, my number one biggest piece of advice is to be yourself, which sounds so cliche, but you do not want to join a sorority solely based off of a fake picture of yourself that you painted. Um, and also, like, we are active sorority members are just girls one or two, three years older than you. So it's like we are human and we do not want to have a bunch of fake conversations. Like we want to have an honest conversation with girls and get to know who they actually are. Um, and like, I remember one time I talked to this girl and like she just instantly started listing off her resume. And I was like, okay, I love that you played soccer in high school, but like, tell me more about like who you are and like what you're passionate about. And so we don't care about those things. We care about who you are. Um, and then the other thing is to just trust the process. Um, the Lord is going to place you exactly where he wants you to be. And so you could go into rush being like, oh, I'm going to be a Kayo. I'm going to be a Kayo. Like, this is what I'm going to be. You can force it all week long. Um, and no matter what, like, it is out of your hands. You can put your preferences in, but then the sororities are also putting their preferences in. And so for me, I just saw like getting cut from stories as a way of God saying, no, I have something better for you. And I know so many girls that didn't end up with the story that they wanted on bid day, but then ended up loving it and finding girls and they can't imagine being anywhere else. And so just stressing that God is sovereign. Um, and a cliche phrase is like, man's rejection is God's protection, but it's really true. And so it's like, if there's a story that rejects you, like you never know what God is protecting you from and where he is directing you to be. Um, that's a better option than maybe what you would choose for yourself. Um, and then for the actives, 
my encouragement too is to be a safe place for girls to breathe during rush. Um, so you're, you're both going to be exhausted from having the same conversations over and over and over again. And it's hot and you're tired. And so like, ask them how they're actually doing and like, let them say, I'm sweaty. I'm tired. My feet hurt. And I want to go home. And like, that's okay. Because everyone else feels the same way. Like they're not a bad PNM because they feel that way. Um, and so I think that's my biggest encouragement is like, it'll be life-giving for you too. If you have conversations that are different and like ask girls what they're passionate about, what are they wanting to get into a sorority for? What do they love about their friends? What do they want out of friendships? And that can open so many doors to conversations. And like, I remember I had conversations with girls who would tell me they're passionate about Jesus. And then we ended up like mutually encouraging each other, the entire rush party. Um, and I needed that way more than she probably ever realized. And then she went, she didn't go try it out. And like, we still follow each other on social media and like get coffee. So, yeah. That was really good. Um, especially the part about how you have a friend that you made during rush and you're not even in the same sorority. Cause I think yeah. it's really cool how the Lord can use that too. Cause any normal person would be like, well, everything's messed up. Can't talk to her anymore. Like this sucks, but it's like, no, like because of your mutual passion for the Lord, you like are still friends outside of your sorority. So I think that's really cool too. So yeah, no, literally one of my bridesmaids and one of my best friends, she picked me up during rush when I was a PNM and we like hit it off. And then I went a different sorority and like we, she like followed me on bid day and we started hanging out and she was like one of the first people to ever sit down and like actually read the Bible with me. Um, and then we both were in each other's weddings. So you just never know what can happen. See, that stuff is so cool. Just like how the Lord does things in ways that you don't understand at the time, but then later you're like, wow. So I love yeah. stories like that. But the last question is just, what is the Lord teaching you right now? Yeah. Um, when you text me this question, I literally don't have an answer because I I'm trying to figure that out right now. I feel like um, this summer has just been very difficult for me. And um, we just lost like a really close family friend. And my mom and my stepdad are getting divorced and just lots of other little things that are happening that there's lots of grieving over. And I have just kind of realized like, the place that I'm at emotionally is probably not the best in the place mentally. And so we're gearing up for craziness with refuge and me being full force ministry. And so honestly, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. It's like, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? Um, Cause I thought I, and I do think I know what to do to take care of myself, but I think I'm still learning ways to do that. Um, but yeah. Can that be my answer that I don't know what the Lord is teaching me right now, but I am trying to find that out? No, definitely. Because I also think that's good for people to hear of like someone that they look up to and is a role model they admire still figures things out too, you know? So yeah. I think that's like the most perfect answer that you could give. But we'll okay. definitely be praying for you and your family and everyone listening should also do that. But yes. before we close, can you go ahead and pray for anyone that is listening? Yes. Um. Jesus, we just thank you for this time and this conversation and just Lauren and her heart for you and being vulnerable 
and just sharing your gospel, God. And we thank you for the calling that you have put on her life and the boldest, boldness that you've given her. Um, and God, I just ask that these words that were spoken would not bring attention to Lauren or I, um, but that they would point to you, um, that people would hear them and see you um, and not just see two girls that like to talk and hang out, um, but that they would see the gospel in the ways that you've been faithful. Um, God, I just pray for anyone who's struggling with mental illness right now that you would draw near to them and reveal your presence to them. God, that you would bring healing in places they need it. Um, and just for the girls struggling with body image, that they would see themselves the way that you see them. For the girls that are going through recruitment or that are on the other side of it, that they would just see you in the midst of it and that your will would be done and that they would delight in what your will is. And God, we just thank you for the mercy and the goodness that you bring. Um, we thank you for being faithful and never changing. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Emily. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll see you next week.